Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump and at widemencantjump.com. Here's the best pod in sports, bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and CamBay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at WideMenCan'tJump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men Can Jump. That's right. It's Wide Men Can't Jump. We are back. Episode 73. It's Nate. It's Tim. What's going on? Tim from the great white north. The man, the myth, the legend. That is Tim Tom (laughs) Rope. Thank you. Thank you. Please, please. Down in front. Right now, Nick, I feel about as useful as a advanced playoff ticket vendor at the Staples Center. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, man. Actually, believe it or not, there will be playoff basketball. Although, although they, yeah, I suppose they probably are going to still get some love from the good old clips, aren't they? Yes, yes. So you have blown the joke. So Perhaps. on you, we say. All right. I shall. I'll come back with my number two. Uh, I feel about as useful as LeBron James. LeBron James's playoff press rep. <laughs> yes. Although now we're although talking. I'm su- although I'm surprised LeBron hasn't already. Uh, got himself a seat at the ESPN uh, broadcasting table for the playoffs. Uh, he's got himself a seat at the table for the Los Angeles Lakers as they're going to try and rein in some folks in the offseason. But we're, they, believe it or not, the Lakers have actually moved up. Uh, they moved up to 10th in the playoff standings. Uh, they passed the Minnesota Timberwolves. Good job, Wolves. Keep losing. Um, get, those better, get those better lottery odds. Uh, do the Wolves or, now, as long as they stay behind the Lakers. Lakers um, can't even lose properly. They can't. Looking at the West, though, the Western Conference, it's been decided all eight teams are in. Now it uh, it comes down, Tim, to where are they going to sit? Yeah, What's they got the a bit of a struggle gonna... from up there. From five to eight, we still still murky yet, right? I mean, you could – you could even go as far back as I, I guess you could. You could argue that what Portland could still everybody could still catch everybody. I guess from well, I mean uh, what, Golden Golden one, two, State three. right now. Golden State is is the one, and then two games back of them is the Nuggets. Then a game and a half back of the Nuggets is the Rockets. So there's a possibility Houston could move there's, up to the two. There's movement in chunks of four, basically, right? Yeah, so basically, four teams all could catch each other, and then. Two to five, yeah. could, two to six, could kind of well, catch and each then other. And... You move a half game back of Houston, and there's Portland, uh, who lost, uh, who lost. Uh, oh goodness, uh, Nurkic. Excuse me, Yusuf Nurkic. He's done, but yet they keep they keep somehow keep on keeping on. Uh, they're eight and two in their last ten. 
And uh, then you go two games back of Portland, six games back of first is Utah. A half game back of Utah is the L.A. Clippers. Then San Antonio is two games back of the Clippers. And tied with San Antonio right now is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Identical records, 45 and 33. They sit at the eighth seed. But a lot of movement can happen here. The well, Thunder, tell you. As of late, they are three and seven in their last ten. Yeah, they have not they have not been good. And everybody else in that top eight has been above 500. Um, yeah, they have. There's some 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 playoff matches there that, at least, just looking at the teams make me go, oh boy, there's some real good teams going to be gone after round one if that stays uh, how it is. Let's look at it in, in the West. Golden State, uh, if the playoffs started today, Golden State would play Oklahoma City. That's a potential. That's what you know I predicted would be the Western Conference Finals this year. And it could take place in the first round. Uh, Then Denver would play San Antonio. And if you're Denver, you don't like that at all. Because San Antonio, actually, um, they have one of the best home records in the league. So when you go to play them at home, you're going to have some struggles. And and luckily for Denver, though, Denver's very good at home as well. So it's kind of a – that one could easily go seven. Houston – uh, would play the Clippers, which is not an easy matchup for either team. The Clippers have a lot of depth and have a lot of guys that are doing a lot of good things right now. The Clippers have won two in a row. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. And then I'm looking at the team that's hottest right now, and that's the Utah Jazz. They've won five in a row, 9-1 and one right now on this stretch. And the Portland Trailblazers would play them if the playoffs started today. And Portland at, on the road has been 20 and 19. The Jazz at home are 27 and 12. Portland at home 29 and 9, but the Jazz 20 and 18 on the road. That Portland Utah series, that could be interesting. That that one could there, be there one that some, we're talking about. Yeah, now, honestly, seriously tasty matchups in that first well, in the West there if that stays how it is. If you look at the West, the 8th seed in the playoffs is 12 games over 500. There's not a bad team in the in the playoffs in the West at all. Whereas if you jump to the East right now, well, there's three. <laughs> te- technically, right now the Heat, the Heat are the last team in, and they are 38 and 39, and they're only a half game into the playoffs. They're a half game ahead of the Magic. And from six, I mean, any from six to nine in the East is still up for grabs. So nobody's really clinched anything in the East except the top five seeds, but. Let's look at. Let's just stay with the West here, Tim. Of those matchups, if they happen right now, what ones would you want to see the most? Oh, do I want to watch the most? I probably want to watch that four or five matchup. Yeah, I think that one would be fun to watch. Watching. I think that's Portland. I'm not a without. I'm not a Harden fan, so that leaves Rockets Clippers. Although those games might be good, I, I don't really want to watch that. Um, okay. Understandable. Golden, yeah, Golden State, Oklahoma. I, I, yeah, I mean, those are probably going to be awesome games. Those are certainly worth watching. The Denver-San Antonio one's got me a little bit. I think we might see an upset there. Well, we talked to Jeff Garcia last week, and he even said that Denver and San Antonio, that's kind of the team that he wants to see the Spurs play is the Nuggets. 
uh, because of the way San Antonio can match up with Denver. And Denver, if you're Denver, you've had a great season, but you do not want to see the Spurs rolling in come playoff not, time. That would, not, not if they come in trying, trying to beat Greg Popovich in the playoffs, I mean, come on. That's that's a tough one. Yeah, I, I think that Portland, Utah, they match up pretty well. Um, and I don't, you know, Utah, did anybody really give Utah much of a, you know, we were talking back around, what, around Christmas time, how they were, I mean, we were kind of making jokes about them, to be quite honest. A lot of people were. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm guilty. And, I'm guilty of that. I kind of wrote I mean, them off. What, they're 9-1, and five-game winning streak. You know, they've got whatever he's laying down, they're, they're, they're eating it up, whatever's going on there, because they have been really good in the second half. Oh, absolutely they have, and they have been tearing it up. I actually let me let me see if I can find Utah's record since the All Star break, um, just to get an idea of how good they've been. Because they may have been the best team in the second half of the season, honestly, with as as good as they have played uh, well, since the All Star. Start out fairly well, and then just went. Or was it the other way around? Well, you got to remember, the, the the West started out. The only yeah, team in the were, West that really, really issues was the Phoenix Suns. Everyone else was close throughout the most of the season. I mean, just, yeah, we uh, kind of got. They've never been able to tell tell the new year. They just could never put. You know, they were a win, two losses, two wins, two losses. You know, they could never maintain anything. You know, they yeah. were what six and ten, uh, or yeah, six and no four and six after their first ten, and they just you know they'd win they'd win a game and lose two, win a game, lose three, win a game, win loss, win loss. Wow. You know they could just never get anything going until January. Their record since the All Star break is fifteen and five. Well, they went since on the All. I mean, breaking it down. I'm looking the here. Of the year. I'm looking here at the at the first game of the year. So let me let me see what I can get here. So we got fifteen and five from the All Star break. So we're looking at looking at four, twelve and four, twelve and five, fifteen, fourteen, and looking at twenty nine and one, two, three, four, five, six, twenty nine and plus twenty nine and eleven since the beginning of the year. Yeah, they have been. So they're almost and twenty games. Last, yeah, they're ten and one, and they're last eleven. So they've just been. Yeah. That's getting it pretty. Getting it done when they need to get it done, and they've got a relatively soft. Um, they got Phoenix, the Kings, the Lakers, um, and then who knows what you're going to get like the last two days of the season. You know who's going to play for yeah, Denver, I mean, they, they or, depending on who's fighting for what. You don't know who might be in the lineup and all that. So. Yeah, they have those games coming up. You, you got the Nuggets and the Clippers in the last two games of the season. One at home, one on the road. But again, depending, and I'm assuming the Nuggets are going to play hard because they're going to try and and move up depending on what happens. I just don't see many teams coasting to the end of the year because seeding is so important. Um, but well, I'm thinking you, Utah would want to make that push to four, right? They'd really like to get that home because they're pretty good at home. Oh, absolutely. 
you know, they probably advantage is huge. Yeah, you probably want to get that with what they got left. They've got five games left. Two two game swing to make it. It's possible. Oh, I, yeah, it's very much possible, especially with uh, with Portland's. Let's let's take a look at Portland's uh, schedule here towards the end. Uh, they beat Minnesota the other night. They play Memphis tonight. Then they play the Nuggets twice, once on the road, once at home. Then they play the at the Lakers and against the Kings. So you're talking to need a little bit of help. If they can get if the Nuggets can win both of those games, Utah can make a push to get that four seed. There's a good good possibility of that. Yeah, I said, we're, we're at that time of the year where you, you've got to go and uh, before you decide on who you might pick for a winner, you got to go look at that lineup card, see who's who might be bench and who might not be because they've started that. Um, yeah. Because there are a few teams that can't really, they can't go anywhere. So they're, you know, the stars are starting to find the pine. So, which I hate, but I know why they do it. But, but I, I mean, like it. Hate it all you want. I understand it. That's um, money, man. Those playoffs is worth a there's a lot of coin involved if you can get out of that first. Oh round. yeah, and it's good to be rested because the regular season is such a grind and such a tough thing to try to man yourself through. And once you get and you kind of see that light at the end of the tunnel, you know you you get a few days to rest and get ready. But uh, I'm looking at Golden State here. <clears throat> excuse me, how their regular season winds down. They did beat the Nuggets the other night, which was a big win for them last night. They play the Lakers on Thursday at L.A. Then they will host Cleveland, and they will host the Clippers. Then they travel to the Pelicans and finish out the season at Memphis against the Grizzlies. So Golden State, probably going to be your number one seed only one playoff team in the final five games i don't think you got to panic too much about golden state uh, i think they're the one seed this yeah. year which honestly they should be i'm gonna go out on a limb and go i'm not gonna predict that they're gonna win but i'm gonna predict darn close they're, they're i don't know that anybody can beat them in a seven game series they're they're gonna something's gonna have to happen to golden state Somebody's yeah. going to have to get hurt, or they're going to have to beat themselves to a little bit, or else I think well, it's going to take a major upset otherwise. You're looking at a team that's got only 24 losses on the season, so hard to, to look at them and say somebody can beat them, you know, four out of seven. Let's look at Denver's end of the, end of the year schedule, and uh, Denver, no rest for the wicked. Tonight mm-hmm. they play the Spurs. That's a big game. Then they they will take on Portland at home. Then they travel to Portland. Then they will travel to Utah, and they will finish out the season against Minnesota at home. So Denver does not have an easy schedule moving forward and could easily slip down to that three. Or Denver, if they don't get right the ship, they could fall all the way down to the four seed if they're not careful. Well, which, to be quite honest, they may not really mind all that much if they were to maybe to slip down to three anyway and avoid uh, San Antonio. They, they may not – that might not bother them a whole lot. So well, again, that's possible. Still got home court. Still got home court. And they probably – I think – I mean, if I had to pick, I mean, the Clippers have looked awfully good the last while, but 
or the Clippers. I mean, there's a big difference to me between the Clippers and the Spurs. One of I mean, the differences let's, let's being be, one of the differences being Popovich, and that's just one of them. Let's be honest. There's no safe series in the West. None. There's no gimmies. Even if if it ended right now, your eight seed is Oklahoma City. That's a damn good team in Oklahoma City, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I would only say there's probably really only two safe ones in the East. I think Milwaukee and Toronto are are safe. Philadelphia should be yeah fairly safe, but Boston isn't. I don't well, we'll think. get not there the way, in a minute. Yeah, not the way they've been playing lately, but anyway. We're definitely going to get there in a minute. I want to save uh, our East playoff talk until after our first guest joins us here on the show. And, uh, sorry, I got a new table here. It's making noise. Uh, the Rockets' remaining schedule, they play the Clippers tonight, and then they will play the Knicks on Friday then they visit the Sun, or they play the Suns, and then they will visit the Thunder to close out the season. So, two playoff teams and two teams that couldn't be possibly any worse for the Rockets. So, kind of a so-so final four games for them. I don't know that Houston really cares. They live and die with the beard. Um, he either shoots, he either shoots the lights out or he doesn't. Um, that's pretty much what you're going to get from them. So I'm not sure. I don't know that matchups, is there anybody really defensively that can really handle him anyway? It's, that's, a, that's, a tough one to, that's a tough one to try to, to judge and to ask. I mean, anybody trying to, to guard James Harden, that's just a tough, that's a tough assignment. And really, can anybody, can anybody really guard him one-on-one? No. You're going to well, have to definitely force definitely not with <laughs> you have to force them to pass the ball. So so basically beating them comes down to other things. So the Harden matchup really he's gonna score his points. You just gotta hope you can keep him from hitting the fifty nonsense if you can. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh let's let's look at the schedule here. Uh I'm looking here at the rest of the regular mm-hmm. season for the Clippers. They will host the Rockets tonight. Then they will play the Lakers in Staples Center. Then they will visit the Warriors. And then they will host the Jazz in the last game of the regular season. Not an easy lineup there for Portland at all. Or, excuse me, for the Clippers. The Clippers. Can we change their name to the L.A. Slippers? Boo. No, I just like it. You know, comfortable. That sort of thing. Not not fall down slippers. I'm talking like you know, wear them on your feet slippers. <laughs> you and your bad Canadian jokes. So no Los Angeles bakers then. <laughs> no, or candlestick makers for that matter. Well, I'm talking bakers as in pot smokers, not uh, donuts. Well, either way. <laughs> It is. Well, you never know. There, but LeBron might be, you know, that might be one of LeBron's businesses is uh, marijuana I mean, grow up. It's, it's, I mean, hey, it's it's a growing industry. Money to be made, my friend, and LeBron's no fool when it comes to money. That's true. Yeah. Look at the Spurs' remaining schedule now here for the the Western Conference. Their last few games, and then they get three or four at home. They host the Nuggets, they host the Wizards, and then they'll host the Cavaliers, and then they visit the Mavericks. 
to close out the season. So, most important game of the Spurs season is tonight as they take on the Nuggets. They're one of those teams where you have to sit and wonder, or I always do when they got a crafty old coach like that, well, if they do just enough to get in. Are we in? Okay, we're safely in. All right, we'll turn it up a notch when it's for real. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Greg Popovich, he's one of those guys who can figure out a way to beat you, and you not even really know it's coming. He He's the best coach probably maybe in league history. You can make that argument. Well, forgetting – I mean, I, Sorry, the only I'm, guy that comes to my mind that, that the only guy that comes to mind that I can think of who could get more from nobody's might be Phil Jackson, who oh well, but then oh. they always you know he he always had a superstar of epic proportions there though too. Uh, so I was gonna say I'll make that argument that Phil Jackson had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and then he had Kobe, Shaq. And, you know, he could Fisher. always get though. He would get you know that guy that, that that was a good player, but nobody else, you know like Rodman. Oh, nobody can control Rodman. He, he had no trouble at all controlling Rodman. Zero. He just Rodman let Rodman be. All you had to do was give him a wedding dress and a championship ring, and he fit in no, perfectly. He just let him be. He let him be Rodman off the court and on the court. He didn't have any trouble with him at all. Now he will get Rodman he, out of. Robin out of Detroit was probably a good idea too. Yeah, Rodman played. Well, he was he, he was very good, good at at putting square peg in in square hole. This guy is capable of this, and I won't ask him to do any more than that. But he has to do that. And if he does, he can play for the Bulls or the Lakers. Popovich, I think he gets. Um, he takes great players and seems to squeeze even a little bit more out of them. Which isn't quite the same thing as Phil Jackson, because nobody well, coached, Mike. This, nobody coached Michael just, Jackson. Well, let me or put it to you Michael this: Jordan, he, to me, Greg Popovich this season has proved to me why he is the best coach, maybe ever. We looked at the at the the statistics that since the ninety seven ninety eight season, Greg Popovich's Spurs have only been uh, had losing records for sixty five days. The clo- the next closest team was over a thousand. Um, you look at this team, okay. Your big star on the team is gone. Kawhi Leonard leaves. You get Demar Derozan in the trade. Um, you, hey, Demar Derozan's a good player, no questions, no doubt about that. Demar Derozan, good player. He's averaging a twenty one point six point per game uh, year this year. He's doing great. He's playing very well. Then you look at the starting point guard situation there. They have on that team DeJounte Murray, who was supposed to get the reins of the team this year. Murray gets hurt. Murray goes down. Murray's missed the whole season. They've had to pick up Derek White, who has come up from the G League, and he's having a nice little season here. He's averaging about 10 points per game. And for a guy coming from the G League, Popovich uses him well. And then they've got Patty Mills stepping over, who's averaging about 10 points a game. And both guys are right at three assists per game. They're getting a Patty lot of Mills, work out of uh, – you got great Irish star, right? <laughs> Patty Mills. God. Patty Bush Mills. Oh, I, I, I get it. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. 
They bring back Marco Bellinelli, who's 33 years old, uh, his 11th year as a pro. Oh, of course he is. He's averaging almost 11 points per game. They bring this guy in that I've never heard of from Latvia named Davis Bertans, who I've just been singing the praises of. And this guy's been playing well on both ends. He's been a great plus-minus guy. Um, you look at, at Jakob, po- Jakob po- Pertle, excuse me, got tongue-tied there. He's been solid off the bench, a seven-footer that can step in and let Aldridge play the four where he's more comfortable. And the Davis Bertans is, is from Latvia? What is it? Davis Bertans is from Latvia? Yes. Did you say yeah, Davis. So Davis maybe Bertans. that uh, maybe some of that big baller brand rubbed off on him. <laughs> Possibly, but Rudy Gay's averaging 14 points per game this season. That's down from his career average, but his rebounding is up. His assists are are up. He's having good games. It, it just seems like this team. He's a puzzle. He's a very much a puzzle builder. He is, and, and yeah. this has been a team this season that has been built on. Because uh, I looked, when they lost Murray, I wrote him out. I said, there's no way in the West this team can make the playoffs with Murray going down. You lose your starting point guard. You trade away your star. you got new guys coming into a new system that they have to learn. And they've proved everybody wrong, and they're right now sitting at the seventh seed. They've already clinched the playoff spot. They're 12 games over 500. To me, it, it almost puts Popovich into that coach of the year candidacy. Um, it's, not, to me, it's either him, McMillan, or Mike Budenholzer. I'm not asking guys to do too much, but expecting them to do what they're asked, I guess you could put it. Absolutely. And that's what he's, uh, that's what he's known for. And that's, that's and he, manages to, he manages to handle the old guys and the young guys both fairly well, too, which you don't see so often. A lot of coaches have got issues with one or the other. And just like Jeff Garcia said last week, if and when Popovich ever decides to hang it up, that will be when the Spurs go into rebuild mode. They will never be in rebuild mode until Popovich is gone. And to me, that makes him the greatest coach, maybe to ever coach in the NBA. And and, and this is coming Where from a guy who on the... I could not stand the San Antonio Spurs no, for I years. No, I wasn't a big fan of uh... – for some reason, I, I had a, I always had a bit of a, and I don't know why, I had a dislike for Tim Duncan for some reason. It was a, you didn't like the like friendly human being ever. Yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> Did you have a dislike for Mother Teresa as well? Well, she turned out to be not so nice. Well, we won't get into that here. Anyway, I didn't realize Greg Popovich was seventy years old. Yeah, and he's been coaching a long time too, and he's an, a very excellent coach. But uh, we're going to have uh, our guest joining us here in just a few minutes. But before we do, we want to bring you and talk about our great sponsors over at New Law Office at newlawoffice.com. Let's hear about Stephen P. News New Law Office. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345. 
for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. And again, a big thanks to the law offices of Stephen P. New. That's newlawoffice.com. That was my better half in the background. She's making noise. Stephen P. New. <laughs> Stephen P. New. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy that. Oh, I love the commercials. It's just about the most fun I have during the broadcast is the commercials. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a big final uh, tonight. The, the Detroit Pistons lose again. They have fallen to 500, and they lost to the Indiana Pacers uh, with a final score of 108-89. to The Orlando Magic win tonight over the New York Knicks, 114-100. to And the Chicago Bulls. Stop the skid. They beat the Washington Wizards 115-114 to 114 tonight uh, for a meaningless win for the Bulls. So, good but for in, them. We're talking about another, the Bulls later. And another news that never changes, the Timberwolves are again losing. Well, you know, what else, but what else by, is new? But only by two. But I guess really, you know hey, what? I, kind of do, I hope we keep losing. And with that Orlando win... Right now, the Miami Heat are playing the Celtics tonight. They trail right now. As of right now, if, let's just say, Miami loses, Miami is on the outside looking in. The Orlando Magic, with that win tonight, passed the Miami Heat to move into the eighth spot and the NBA playoffs. So this is going to come down to the wire in the East. Uh, We're going to be talking to... One of our guests that we haven't had on in a while, he should be calling in any time, and as soon as we hear from him, we're going to be talking about the Miami Heat. Well, he's probably, uh, he's probably watching tonight. that game with bated breath. <laughs> Possibly, because right now right now the Miami Heat are on the outside looking in. They need to win, and if they win, they will hop the Orlando Magic and be back in the playoffs. So there's going to be a very interesting race between about four teams out east between six and nine, and one of them's going to be left out in the cold. The only, and it's the only thing they got going for them is they've got a game in hand. Orlando yeah. has played 79 games now, and the Heat have only played 77. So even if they lose tonight, and are, they've still got that extra game to maybe get it back. Yeah. And they've been hanging. They've been hanging all night with the Celtics. They're just... They just can't seem to – they get to within two or three points and, and they can't, don't get any closer. Well, again, that game's in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets looking to keep their playoff hopes alive. They're down right now to the to the Pelicans, and Anthony Davis is pretty much done for the season. And I think we've seen the last of Anthony Davis in a Pelicans uniform. I don't think we'll be well, seeing I, Anthony Davis I went in a Pelicans. I would go, I've got to see the uh, results 
that would lead to him still being there. I'd like to know how that's going to work out after all the <laughs> nonsense that's went on there. In yeah, fact, I I'm, mean, su- I'm surprised that there hasn't been some kind of a uh, players association um, beef with the way all that was handled. Yeah, I- I'll agree. I'll agree with that. And I think that uh, you're looking at a situation there with Davis. And while it's upsetting that he, he requests to leave, Davis still has a year left on that contract, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I can find out 100% for sure. Um, just, and, then the just Tim, a second. and then the Timberwolves just to spite you going up, up by three. Absolutely. They can't even lose, right? Uh, <laughs> don't get me started on them. It seems that way sometimes. I've been there with other teams in other leagues, and it's just sometimes you don't think the pain can get anymore. And that somehow. <laughs> oh, it does. Somehow um, they wrap it up Davis, So I'm looking at the contract for the New Orleans Pelicans next year. Anthony Davis does have another year on his contract. He is guaranteed next season $27 million. So... He's going to be a New Orleans Pelican next year if a deal is not done. Now, the year after that, he has a player option for $28 million. I don't think he'll take that if he's forced to be a Pelican next year. But I don't think he's – I think we're looking at okay, a trade. So is, is the logic there, though, in him barely playing? Is that so that he doesn't get hurt, or what's the scoop? Well, he's actually nursing an injury right now. Um, well, he did have a minor back. A very minor back injury, but I'd say if there was a playoff push and he really cared, he would be playing. But right now, I think he's just trying to watch he to make sure LeBron he doesn't hurt him. <laughs> yes, he's where he's, the, the he's kind of hurt, but if, he's kind of hurt. But if the games meant anything, he wouldn't be hurt anymore. Exactly. Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's you know, that's part of the game. I don't like it. It is. It is part of the business side of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those be careful aspects because while there is a legitimate injury, don't think Adam Silver won't force your ass to get out there and play. I've seen him do it. Well, you would. I mean, I'm looking. I come at it from the other side. As a player, one might argue that they're helping him, and one might argue that they're not by not letting him play. Um, as a fan, of course, you've got to be totally ripped. That, uh, you know, we even get it up here in Toronto quite a bit where from day to day, there's, you know, that's the guy, guy we watch. Is he on the roster? Is he not on the roster? Sometimes they don't even know right up until game time. And, you know, people get you mad. Mean, they travel you mean quite why, why? They travel, they travel <laughs> halfway across the country to see this guy because it's yep. the only team in the country. And then he's not playing. Well, yep. you know, that's not, it's not real good for pub for PR, but. I mean, I get why it happens, but I mean, sometimes in Toronto, you'll miss them both. You won't get either of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking at from a player perspective as I understand why you do do things like this. But again, I'm looking at it from a perspective of, of a fan. We pay this money, and let, let me just tell you, I've bought NBA tickets, and I've sat in good seats, for one ticket to one game is not cheap if you want to see well. I mean, now, if you want to set up in a nosebleed, you could probably get away with some cheaper tickets. But 
it's not cheap. And when you come to see a team play, you come to see the team play. You don't come to just see, yeah. you know, a couple guys I guess remember really, play. In the case of the Raptors, they're going to sell you that, okay, well, do you want us to make a playoff run or not? Whereas the Pelicans don't really have that uh, option. Very true. And and when your team's not winning, you're not getting turnouts like you want anyway. So that's no. kind of a uh, – go to Toronto kind of a double. again. <laughs> Any baseball game. I mean, oh, honestly, anyway, I mean, there's there's enough they played, of them. They made the mistake of, and I'm not sure why they have afternoon baseball games anyway. People work for a living, but today in Toronto, <laughs> I bet you, I'll bet you there wasn't. If there was ten thousand people at that game, I would be amazed. Today's Toronto Blue Jays attendance. Oh, right, like when they, when they, I thought it was the game was over, and that it was the post game. So, not uh-huh. a pregame show when they, you know, oh, here's the first pitch, and I'm, <laughs> where the hell is everybody? <laughs> but they're bad. <laughs> they tra- they're bad. They traded away their best player two days ago, and it's you know one thirty in the afternoon on a Wednesday. It's not really a, not really a big baseball. That's not Boston, or New York, where you can get away with that, where people just go screw it, and it's kind of part of the culture that. People go to afternoon baseball games on occasion. Well, according to this that I just read, the Toronto Blue Jays had the lowest attendance on record in a decade uh, a couple of nights ago. Uh, 10,460 was the attendance. I mean, in the Sky Dome, I mean, you've seen Sky Dome for wrestling. That's yeah, not even a fixed. 65,000 people there. Yeah, that ain't very full when there's only 10,000 people in it. Yeah, I mean, that's really not – that's nothing to ride home about. We'll put it that I'm, way. And, yeah, and I'm only equating it to – I'm trying to equate it to the basketball in the sense of, you know, if you're a bad team and then you don't even play – well, they don't even have a star, I mean, because they traded the one guy away. Uh, I mean, who, who's going to go watch for that kind of money? I mean – it's you got to give the fans something to hang their hat on, even if they're bad. You know, well, at least we got to see you know fill in the blank. Well, yesterday they should make them feel better. There was twelve thousand people there yesterday, so. Well, I'm sure. That'll make you feel I'm sure today's attendance was horrific. I, I can't believe it was anywhere near ten thousand. Uh, I'm I'm looking. I'm trying to it's find hard to, the hard to find. today. Yeah, they're hard it is to actually. Because maybe they, uh, they really don't want you to know sometimes because it's not very good sometimes. Well, you're dealing with uh, you're dealing with a sport that, in my opinion, is slowly sinking. But you, you know, hey, who am I, right? Uh, here's here's a little bit of a big shocker. Even though they've already clinched a playoff spot. The uh, Philadelphia 76ers are down 13 with 5:35 to go in the in the game against the Atlanta Hawks of all teams. Did you? Uh, who's in the lineup? Is everybody playing? Uh, Butler's played. Harris uh, doesn't look like Embiid played tonight. Embiid's not playing at all. He's, Simmons isn't. Oh no, that's that's other Simmons. Simmons sorry. is playing. Simmons that's is playing. Reddick isn't playing. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, Johnson. MB's not right. even. MB's not even dressed. 
I don't is there, I don't think there's been has there been an injury or are they just setting him? I didn't see anything. But I'm surprised that he put seen anything announced on an injury. You have cost me some performance bonuses. <laughs> oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh no, that's Friday. Says a center Joel Embiid left uh, uh, will miss his eighth straight game Friday against oh that's twenty seven days. Why do they do that? T S or ESPN. That's three week old news. You jerks. Well, I like to I like to look through some of the guys. Like Adrian Wojnarowski usually lets you know things. Uh not really seeing a whole lot here on Embiid. He made well, his well, be out tonight. One has to wonder, does that have anything to do with uh, Sixers to sign veteran center Greg Monroe? Possibly. Uh, that that did break the other day that Greg Monroe was uh, stepping in for the for the Seventy Sixers, and that's a that's a place that they needed to to work on, and that's an area that they needed to fill. Um, I'd love to hear more from from Tom Robinson. If, if we may possibly get a visit from him later depending on what's going on. But for right now, we'll uh, we have speculate. MB's status is day-to-day. Will not be on their three-game road trip due to load management purposes. Ah, uh, okay. So, so basically they're just sitting and letting him, him rest. But, but Lord only knows what that might mean or not mean. Good old NBA well, speak. Well, Probably you got to remember not. this is a guy who – who came into the league and was hurt a lot early on in his career. He was hurt coming out of camp. He set out, you know, set out a long time. Uh, so I, I understand. And Philly, like, let's look at it. Like, they're pretty much at it like rooted this. where they're at. They're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, I suppose. Yeah, the they're the three seed. They're the three seed. And there's Indiana could catch them, but it's unlikely. Okay, um, I, I got I got something we should talk about, Greg. I don't okay, know if you saw this or it's NBA related in the sense that he's going to come out for the draft. Um, uh-huh. Did you see the video of supposedly someone who was Zion Williamson, who I <laughs> am debating whether it was or not, uh-huh. um, dunking dunking on a bunch of oh, it's some pickup game. And yeah, it looked like down. he broke the backboard. Yeah. <laughs> But somebody wrote underneath, yeah, he said, if that's Zion Williamson, I will eat my shoes because there's not a guy in that pickup game under 6'5", if that's him, because he wasn't any bigger <laughs> than anybody else out on the court. And if you stop the video right at the very end when he turns around and looks, I don't think it's uh-huh. him. It may not be. I mean, well, people just it, trying to get it was me, Whoever's handling, handling him needs a shot in the head. Yeah, yeah he doesn't cool. need to be out playing pickup yeah. games. Yeah, you just got over an injury. Yeah, let's go out and play pickup games before you get drafted, you, and blow millions of dollars, you foolish boy. No, yeah, exactly. no basketball for you until you get picked and we sign that contract, except for, you know, workouts or whatever. But Workouts and combine, man. That's the only, yeah, that's that's the only, the only thing, thing you get to see. Well, so, I'll tell you uh, what, Tim. If that was uh, if that was Zion Williamson, we have a term for what that would be. And since our guest has not called in yet, there's no better time for it. Here we go. Bush, Bush. 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 
No, it's not, and you should quit. <laughs> it's time for Bush League, ladies and gentlemen, where we nominate three segments and we let our Canadian brother and Mr. Tim Dombrova pick uh, our Bush uh, League. Fire up the Twitter. The wide men can't jump half. Twitter has tweeted some clips, and you will not want to miss this. Let's take a look at them. Fire up when you're there. Let me tell you, that new internet working like a time. Here we are. We're loaded, ready to go. All right. First one here. We'll start at the top and work our way down. Josh Hart from the Los Angeles Lakers drives in, going for a layup, and meets the crowd. <laughs> I don't know where that ball was even headed. Where am I? Is this the first one? Yeah, we're going with the first one. We're working our way down. Oh, oh. Hey, what now? Go, go, gadget fingertips. <laughs> it looks like it looks like he was uh, on a bicycle and he just dropped the pizza. <laughs> just went flying. I was gonna guess like he's just does you know just a boy doesn't know how man boy doesn't know how strong he is or something. Man, <laughs> no, he ever, he, Josh Hart's he a good flung, ball player, but he flung that, that was thing, ever, That was not a good he play. Looked, he like okay when that when that clip stops. He's looking over uh-huh. to the left like, did you get that? <laughs> it's like somebody went out and said, hey, Josh, I bet you can't make Bush League. Well, guess what, Josh? You did. You know what that play was. That's Bush. Bush League. You hit me! That That's right. what we used to call in school a brick. <laughs> that wasn't a brick. That was a air melt a reverse, of a popcorn vendor. That was a reverse brick. Well, our next uh, clip, Chris Paul, and he does what Chris Paul can do. He crosses over his man, and he puts him just on skates for the Milwaukee Bucks, and my guy just doesn't even try to, to come back, and Paul drains it. Off he goes. <laughs> that guy, he just went flying. He ended up in the paint somewhere. <laughs> Where do you go? There's a lot going on there, though, you know. Like, first off, yeah. you know, there's a bit of a – I'm not saying that's why he fell. A bit of a pick there. It was a weak one, but there was a bit of a pick. Well, yeah. He had, had a roll around. But how come he ended up way over in the corner? Like, he thought he maybe was playing for them and was going to get a, th- a shot at an open three or something, the way he ran <laughs> – you know, he made it well past, well past the basket into the other corner off the, out of the frame. But I don't know, but he's nowhere to be found when the ball goes up. That's pretty bad, but, but boy, you know, the real pressure's on Paul because if he don't make that shot, that's all for nothing. And he looks Very like true. We're watching it the other way. Oh, look at him burn that guy, and then he couldn't even hit the wide open three. What a bum. <laughs> But Paul makes it, and that gentleman on the skates that just went by your screen, you know what he was. I mean, that is Bush League. <laughs> That's right. That is Bush League. All right, Tim, our next clip. Just this entire sequence from the Hornets-Warriors game. and You want to talk about a mess. You could put the Benny Hill theme behind this because this was just a mess here. We'll, we'll start here at the top. Whenever 
whenever I get the clip here to go again. First of all, there was a miss by Kimball Walker. He complains about a foul. Ball bounces off Draymond Green's foot. He throws it back. Clay Thompson recovers, throws the ball to Steph Curry, who then finds Clay again. He drives, throws it up, and hits the side of the backboard. <laughs> Just a mess. What a mess of a situation that was. Oh, my goodness. What's your thoughts on that play, T? Oh, <laughs> Is that like how they drew somebody, it up in practice? Sounds like somebody, I don't know, like Tom Robinson, you and I somehow got transported into the lake or into the bodies of the Warriors. <laughs> this was this was when the Monstars were stealing their talent. This is the exact yeah, moment. Yeah, you, me, Tom, uh, Ed Bogus, and Armando Martinez out there for the starting five. Um, none of us have touched a basketball in probably a decade. Maybe Ed. Uh, and, and certainly not in any competitive nature. Maybe Armando. I won't speak for Armando, but probably not, I'm going to guess. And it's like, what is this thing? Because I'm pretty sure, watching it again, I'm that guy. I'll tell you who I am in this mess. Okay. I am whoever it was who goes to half court and throws the ball back onto the court and then nearly kills himself falling into the crowd. Draymond Green. (laughs) Draymond Green, yeah. Um, Tom Robinson would be Steph Curry. And then uh, Ed Boggs is the guy who's way back in the corner waiting for the three, <laughs> but, but smells buffet and got a, got a whiff of fries or something from the crowd and got distracted. And Armando's, oh, still, under, Armando's still under the basket looking for a free throw. <laughs> well, that entire sequence in play, you know what it was. Bush League. Ah. Well, there you go. We've got our three Bush League nominees, Tim. Who's going to win it this week? Oh, that's just, that's just a slam dunk. The Golden State Warriors get Bush League. Five trophies, to. one to each of those bums. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was uh, just a sad state of affairs that was. So, now, I'll have uh, to give – while, while you're on your Twitter, what do you get uh-huh. when you go down one more story on your feed? On my on the wide man can't jump Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Is there a tweet from April Fools there? Yes. Then what's the next one? <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> See, Stephen E. New has been around since the time of the Egyptians. <laughs> Look at that the hieroglyphic pictogram of Carnetian. Yeah, you got to look into that. That's pretty funny, huh? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. But that's right. it for Bush right, League this week, folks. Bush League. Bush League. Brought to you by well, That's it for Bush League this week. So, oh, man. Some of those clips just get me every time. Looking at the score right now, the Celtics are up 106-96 on Miami and not looking good for the Heat as they're looking like they're going to slip down and out and stay out of the playoff race. But, of course, still some time left. 
plenty of time before their um, the playoff rosters are set. So if you're a Miami fan, don't panic. There's plenty of time for them to get back into it. No, and, and every scenario that you can dream up of games behind and tiebreakers and whatever else, it's all happened before. Never say never. No, never absolutely play. not. None of these. Nobody that's out right now is so far out that, you know, okay, they've got to go 14-0 and 0 and four teams have got to go 0-14 or something crazy like that. Um, Miami, Orlando, anything could happen there between the two of them yet. And Detroit and, Absolutely. Heck, Detroit and Brooklyn could wake up out of the playoffs or in the bottom seat, in the bottom spots, and one of them out of the playoffs. Easily. Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. Only a half a game. Only a half a game. I mean, although Brooklyn was, uh, weren't they winning? Uh, they were. Detroit, Detroit didn't, right? No, Detroit lost. Detroit lost. And Brooklyn, and Brooklyn was up last time I looked. Brooklyn lost to Toronto. One, one okay, they, lost. they lost 115-105. So, all right. That should make that then. Uh, that hasn't been updated yet, I don't think, on mine. Because that should give them all another uh, gameplay. Well, that right now I'm looking at Detroit at 500, uh, 39 and 39. Brooklyn at the 7C, 39 and 40. Orlando, the 8, 39 and 40. And Miami sitting at 9 at 38 right. and 39. They have a Probably. game. They don't necessarily have to worry about catching Orlando. They have a game they could catch Brooklyn or Detroit with just winning that That's game. That's true. That's so true. They could go but, with uh, a win. They could go up into the into the six hole. That is true, and, and we'll we'll talk a little more about that when we get our guest on. I've uh, I talk I tried to to get a hold of him and I told him to finish the game because I know it's a big game for him. But uh, Tim, I did have a chance. You know, while we've talked about all these playoff teams, and we only got one week until the playoffs. Next next week is the last game of – or the last day of the regular season on Wednesday. So we're going to have complete playoff previews next week. Uh, so I hope you're ready for that. We're really looking forward to that. These have just been kind of our um, – yes, uh, Our speculation. I canceled my uh, trip to the Arctic for uh, Baby Seal Clubbing just for the playoff shows. Jeez. Yes, we're, and we're going to enjoy that. Watching a lot of basketball here, and we'll we'll be talking, of course, about the NCAA tournament finals. Uh, we'll crown a winner next week of our NCAA tournament pools, both pools, the, the second chance bracket and the original bracket. So looking forward to that. And WrestleMania is on Sunday, so there's a lot to look forward to next week. We probably uh, have to explain to some people that um, second chance bracket means your first bracket didn't do that good, you people who are one and two in both of them. <laughs> hey, we, did, we didn't tell them that they couldn't enter, so they no, did. No, I guess not, but I guess that's just, that's just sad sour apples from a guy who's 49. <laughs> that's a lot of sour, but before we, before we move on, Tim, I do want to give a big thanks to our sponsors over at cambay.com. You know, the the people there who are behind this website, they've been great to us. They've done some great stuff. And, and honestly, we couldn't have, have this the, show without 
They what have given me they have given me Nate, a remarkable finger and wrist strength. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So what we'll do is we'll segue here. Segway and let you we want you to visit Cambay. We do. We want you to visit Cambay.com. And when you do, look for look for our good friend over there, Diana. Look for her. That's all I'll tell you because Wait a minute now. This is news to me. Yes. Oh, Look wow. for Diana. If you go over there, you may see her scantily clad and check her out because she may. Uh... There's Diana looking like some kind of whore. I'm going right now. So go over there and check that out. And let's hear from our good friends at Cambay. Are you sick of the boring, same old campsites with the same old girls and the same boring content? Well, now's your chance to jump over to a brand new website called cambay.com. C-A-M-B-A-E dot com. When you're on Cambay, whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips. Be sure to join right now and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on cambay.com. Use those credits to go towards whatever your fantasy is and make sure that you know cambay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again, it's cambay.com, C-A-M-B-A-E.com. And unlike college, it's not going to take you guys 20 free credits to finish. So join cambay.com right now. Use promo code WIDEMAN and get your free credits. Again, thanks to uh, the good folks at cambay.com. And, again, we thank you, the one and only Diana. There's Diana looking like some kind of whore. A hot one. Yes. (laughs) Well, Tim, you know, we've been talking about the playoff chases, and and we're going to talk a little more about that before the show is over. I've got a serious question. Okay. Deadly, Deadly serious. What are, uh, especially now if Miami loses, okay, right now uh-huh. they've got Brooklyn at seven at 39 uh-huh. and 40. They've got uh-huh. Orlando at eight at 39 and 40. And okay. Miami, who, who right now, until they lose this next one, then I can, then I'll know why they, why they would be in ninth. But why are they in ninth right now? What is the tiebreaker after wins? Uh, amount, number, number of wins plays a factor oh. in that. Okay, so but Brooklyn and Orlando both have exactly the same amount. Why is Brooklyn uh-huh. ahead of Orlando? Head-to-head tiebreakers, head-to-head games. Okay, so that's a so that's a stat that they would do a lot of uh, if they put it up in the standings. Because how do you know? Yeah, so Brooklyn. I mean, you got to pay attention. I suppose. Actually, there might be a change there because if Detroit lost. Oh no, that's already up on their score. Never mind. Well, but, yeah, I mean, it comes... sometimes they don't add the games right away, but they've added theirs already. I just wondered what Brooklyn, the tiebreaker was because technically they're Brooklyn all tied. defeated Brooklyn defeated Orlando head to head on January eighteenth, one seventeen to one fifteen. They beat them again on January twenty third, one fourteen to one ten, and they lost to them on February second, one hundred two to eighty nine. 
And let's see if they've played them again. And that's it. They played three times this season, and Brooklyn won two out of three. Well, the reason so on that would be if it stays tied, some of that may become rather relevant. Uh, it could, but uh, they they normally do the uh, they normally do the head to head schedule. That's how they they figure out the the win loss record there, and that's how they break the ties like that. So you'll see more of that. Uh, believe it or not, the Heat that most people would have at their fingertips, right? Is who's done better against two during the year? No, not many. I've actually uh, been I've actually been scrolling through the uh, the win loss record of the Nets right now. That's how I figured it out. I just had to find it. Uh, the Nets have Particularly beat the Heat once. They've lost the Heat. They've lost to the Heat once. I'm, I'm scrolling through here to see the Heat. How they the haven't heat one more time. They haven't played. And one more actually, I think they they've lost. I've actually, they lost to the Heat twice, and they play them on the last game of the season. So, right. Brooklyn so needs what happens if they're tied, their records are tied and Brooklyn wins that game, but somehow they still seem, end up tied and head to head their two, two, two and two. Now that I don't know. I will do a little digging on that. Because um, you can't rule it out. I mean, it probably won't happen, but you can't rule it out. I mean, it could. I know what they are in hockey, but then hockey has overtime. Then uh, okay. regulation tie wins become tiebreaker. Let me see if I if I've got the right information here. I'm looking for the playoff tiebreaker scenarios here. Okay, the tiebreakers are tiebreakers not needed with a better overall winning percentage. Division leader wins tie from a team not leading a division. Head to head win loss percentage. Division one loss percentage. Conference one loss percentage. Win loss percentage versus playoff teams in their own conference. Win loss percentage versus playoff teams in the other conference, and then net points in all the games. Those are all the potential tiebreakers. So if let's just say here's how it goes. The first tiebreaker is division leader wins tie from team not leading a division. Okay? Does that make sense? Not really, but – Basically, it goes by if you're a division leader, you get the automatic okay, if tiebreaker. If you're first, you get the tiebreaker. Fine. If you're first in your division, like let's say two teams are trying to get in the playoffs and one of them is a tiebreaker, if you're leading your division, you get the tiebreaker automatically. You will be in. That one doesn't usually happen. Um, number two is head-to-head win-loss. Right, I got to poke, so uh, poke some holes in that logic. How do we determine who's first? Well, the, that would if you're in the same division, then it won't matter. This is just for teams that are in different divisions. Like you have the Atlantic, the you know, there's not talking about oh, the East okay. and West. Yeah. Well, all right, okay, division division winners as opposed to conference. All right, fair yes. enough. Okay, I'm looking. Okay. I'm looking up. Okay, I'm looking. Okay. Then your next one is your head-to-head. Win loss percentage. So if you play somebody four times and you split, then you go to the next tiebreaker, which would be division win loss percentage. How did you fare in your division? Then if you're still tied from that, then you go to your conference win loss percentage. How did you play in your conference? If that doesn't work, 
Then you go to your win-loss percentage against playoff teams from your own conference. Let's say by some miraculous way, that's still a tie. Then you go to your win-loss percentage versus playoff teams from the the other conference. So in this case, we'd go to the Western Conference. Let me do a quick check to see how many guys had their shoes tied when the game started. And if your team had more. then Then the final, the absolute final, they just go to who scored the most points all year, and I don't think, I don't think that's ever happened. I think we should uh, both pick a champion and battle it out to the death. Makes you wonder, but yeah, that's, that's the that's the tiebreakers. Then they have scenarios for two teams being tied. Well, they gotta um, have them just in case it, you know, like I said, the odds of it ever happening, I probably yeah. like point zero 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 zero. One, but they better have one yeah. down there just because it does happen. Well, they do. They, they do. They have playoff tiebreaker procedures. They have two teams tied, more than two teams tied, guidelines for applying the tiebreaker procedures, uh, home court advantage. I mean, they've got it all figured out. I think they've got one is like how many guys on your team have dipped a Kardashian. <laughs> well, well, uh, then if, if they've been with the Kardashian, oh, you know they're you know they're cursed and they're not making the playoffs. You know, that's why Ben Simmons took one for the team. Just to get that. <laughs> just in case. Just check that one off just in case, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of, you know, we've talked about the playoffs this whole this whole episode. We've been talking about playoff teams. Let's dive back a little bit. Let's take a look at a team that I thought this season would be absolute money and they let me down. That's the Chicago Bulls. What happened in Chicago? What's went wrong? What's been going on? Yeah, what didn't happen? What's Chicago got to do to get better? I discuss all this with a new guest, uh, but a very highly touted guest, Stefan No from The Athletic in Chicago. He's a writer for The Athletic, big name in Chicago, and he was nice enough to jump on. And we talk a lot of Chicago Bulls here. So if you're a Bulls fan, you'll want to stay tuned to this. But I think it was an interesting conversation, Tim. I think a lot of people will enjoy it here. So let's check out my talk with Stefan No as we talk about the Chicago Bulls. And when we come back, we'll dive into the Eastern Conference and what's left for the East as we head towards the playoffs. Well, joining me right now is an NBA analyst and contributor for the Athletic Chicago, Stefan No. Stefan, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Not a problem, not a problem. Starting out this season, the Chicago Bulls were a team that I had picked as a sleeper to uh, possibly make the playoffs this year. Um, you know, They say you can't get them all right, so I'm just going to take a, a mulligan on this one. Uh, my co-host and I were both uh, really high on the Bulls this year. What do you think was the main cause for the Bulls to having such a rough rough season this year? They're not going to make the playoffs right now. They're twenty one and fifty seven, and right now they've lost five straight. What what's contributed to the Bulls' struggles? Was it the change in coaching, or do you think it was something else? I think the biggest factor is. Well, I mean, injuries definitely played a huge part. When they made that coaching change, I think they were. I want to say like six and 17 or something like that. So they're already kind of out of contention. Um, 
there's a site called Man Games Lost that shows uh, how many games each team loses due to injury. And I think the Bulls are fourth in the league. So, yeah, just out of the gate, not a very good start. And then this team was not really well constructed in various positions. They had a lot of talent uh, at power forward, traded most of it away at the trade deadline, but they came into the year with basically no point guard depth behind Chris Dunn and Chris Dunn got hurt very early in the season. So right away, uh, just poor roster construction, injuries, changing coaching, as you mentioned, uh, all that turmoil added up to a pretty disappointing season for the Bulls. Yeah, and I thought this was a Bulls team that that would would really thrive. I thought Jabari Parker would fit in well. That didn't come to pass, and they traded him away. And you know, you have guys like Ryan Archidiakono who has have stepped up and played pretty well as of late. But for the most part, you're looking at a team that's really this season uh, with Markinen was hurt early on. It, this was Zach Levine, the Zach Levine show early on in the season. And he's had a great year for the Bulls. 23.7 points per game, 4.7 rebounds. And he's doing a great job scoring the ball, and he's getting rebounds and assists as well. But do you think he's really lacking on a defensive effort on the side of the ball? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been fairly harsh, I think, on Levine. Uh, he's very popular in Chicago, but and certainly he does contribute a lot on offense. But I, I would definitely say he's in the bottom 10%. Uh, that's being generous uh, as far as defense at his position. So he really needs to work on being a two-way player. You asked about his effort. I think his technique in general off the ball is pretty poor. Uh, and then those are compounded by yeah, just not giving very good effort overall in the games. And part of that is due to the fact that this Bulls team has been bottom five in offense for most of the year. So he has to carry a huge load on that end. So he's trying to conserve his energy uh, to score. But at the same time, I mean, level of effort he's put in defensively should just be considered unacceptable. Well, I'm a Wolves fan, so I've got a special place in my heart for Zach Levine. Uh, And I will gladly swap Andrew Wiggins for Zach Levine with you right now. (laughs) If you, if you were, if you were the GM and I was the GM, I will make that trade with you, sir. And I'll even consider some cash, but it's just been a, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Levine on the defensive side, and, and then, of course, over here on the Wolves' side, it's a different story. But one name that, that's that been added to this Bulls roster who, you know, he's kind of had an up-and-down career. I've thought he's been highly overrated and has a really big contract is Otto Porter Jr. What's your thoughts on Otto Porter in Chicago right now? Well, he's definitely not worth his contract. He's going to be making $27 million uh I think $28 million the year after next. So uh, hard to live up to that contract when, you know, he's not anywhere close to a top 15 guy in the league. But if you put the contract aside, getting a pretty good player, uh, his defense is solid, although not spectacular. His shooting been uh, seen, seen a bit of improvement ever since he got to the Bulls. He's shooting a lot more off the dribble, creating a lot more for teammates. So, I think he's a really uh, nice ceiling raiser, could be like a good third guy on a championship team. And the Bulls are so shallow at the wing, too, that, um, you know, he, he's he's made the team a lot better ever since they got him. So I I think that, you know, if he was making like 15 or $16 million a year, then he would be an absolute cornerstone for the team going forward. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. He's definitely not worth the money that he's getting. 
of course, we can't talk about the Bulls without talking about Laurie Markkinen, um, a great young player who unfortunately was injured coming into this season, but he's played well throughout uh, this season. He's averaging 18.7 points per game with nine rebounds uh, and an, an assist and a half per game. Shooting pretty well from the field, 43%, and actually 36% from three-point range, so not bad at all there. Um, Laurie Markkinen, he just seems to get better. He's young. He's got a little ways to grow still, but seven-footer out of Arizona from Finland, I think uh, I think we got a, a good player here for the Bulls in Laurie Markkinen. I think this is a guy that they're going to build this team around. What, what's your thoughts on him? Well, here, Wendell Carter, one of those two, are definitely the players with the most potential on the Bulls. And I think that he was used kind of poorly uh, for most of the year. And then in February, Jim Boylan started letting Markkinen bring the ball bounds, really put the ball in his hands in order for him to be a playmaker and a creator. I mean, the the ball skills that he has at his sides, he's just going to be able to run by centers and power forwards that are matched up against him. So in that role, he in February, he was one of the best players in the NBA. He averaged 26 points and 12 rebounds. Flew very under the radar because the Bulls were so bad that nobody was really paying attention. And then the rest of the year, as you said, like, uh, you know, his stats were good, but nowhere close to that level. And that was just because the Bulls were using him more as a traditional center, throwing him the ball in the post. And that's really not his game at all. So if they can get back to that February role that he had next year, he's out for the season right now. So he's going to have to work on this stuff next year. But if they can make him a more dynamic player and take advantage of the versatility that he brings, uh, I think he could be poised for a huge third year here. Yeah, and I'm looking at the Bulls' contracts right now. Obviously, Otto Porter's on the books next year. Levine's getting the big money next year as well. Uh, but guys like Robin Lopez, Cameron Payne, and then, of course, the Mello contract, uh, TLC, and then there's some other ones here I'm looking at, uh, Archie Diacono, Wayne Seldon, Marshawn Brooks, of course, the Michael Carter-Williams. There's some money there coming off. A lot of guys' money coming off the books next season. Right now you've got $112 million of money getting used, and next season it's down to $82 million. Could the Bulls possibly, because they're going to get a good draft pick. It's almost guaranteed to be a top, you know, six or seven draft pick. Are the Bulls looking to maybe run out with and get a maybe a good free agent to go with a very good draft pick? And then depending on what they get free agency-wise, could they be looking to maybe move a draft pick, or is it way too early to tell yet? Well, John Paxson, the vice president of the Bulls, he basically he was he was hyping up this 2019 summer free agency for the past two or three years, saying, you know, we're going to sit out these periods where we think guys are getting overpaid, but in 2019 we're going to have a ton of money, going to be able to attract star free agents, and you're going to see us take this next leap as a team. And then midway through this year, Bulls kind of realized that you know what. We haven't been able to get free agents in the past. Uh, there's going to be a lot more teams with money than what we had expected. So they basically punted on that plan, and that's why they were comfortable in trading for Otto Porter and all that money that he's making because they realized that they're not going to be able to get someone better than him in free agency. So the idea that the Bulls there's – there's a bunch of like really good players, uh, max players that are going to be available this summer, but the Bulls are basically saying that they're – you know, they're not going to get one of these guys. They're going to get one of these 
lower tier veterans. They need a starting point guard. It seems like they're going to move on from Chris Dunn here. So think of a guy like Patrick Beverly, Darren Collison, Ricky Rubio, just like a veteran, you know, average starter. I think that's where most of their money is going to go. They have about $20 million to spend. So it's going to be an incremental improvement in free agency. And then the draft pick, as you said, uh, they're the fourth worst team right now. So 12.5% chance at the number one pick. That's where you're going to see a big difference in this team based on where they end up in the draft lottery. Well, according to mock drafts right now, and of course you can't really go by it just based on it, uh, the mock drafts I've been seeing uh, have been having the Bulls uh, drafting in the fourth spot, as you said, and they they have them taking the small forward, power forward out of Gonzaga, uh, whose name I cannot pronounce. Uh, I'm just not even going to try. Uh, <laughs> Is that Hachimura? That Roy Hachimura? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Hachimura. That's a tough one for me. Does that kind of fit maybe what Chicago needs, or do you feel like maybe they need to go a little bit smaller, maybe get a guard? I mean, there's going to be a lot of talent coming out. Now, of course, if they do land that number one pick, you got to assume it's Zion Williamson time in Chicago. But let's just say they don't. Let's say they end up with that fourth pick as projected. Where do you think they go in the draft? Well, they're not a team that traditionally drafts for fit. They pretty much always take best player available. So I don't think positional need is really going to determine anything, although they they do, as I said, badly need a point guard, and they could use some more wing depth. But um, I know that they've scouted really heavily John Morant out of Murray State. Looks like he's kind of the consensus number two pick right now, so might not be available. Yeah, obviously you take Zion first if you know if you luck out in the lottery. And then the other guys, um, I mean – I know people in Chicago, the media in Chicago really likes uh, Jared Culver. So that's a name that I've been studying a little bit more. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't really, uh, I don't really watch a ton of college basketball outside of tournament time. And then, you know, what I read online. So I'm yeah, not really I'm the same sure way. who they would take. Yeah. I'm the same way. I kind of get into this, this area around this time of year. I start looking at mocks. Uh, some people are going, you know, Darius Garland. You know, I'm seeing Jarrett Culver, Cam Reddish. You know, R.J. Barrett could fall. There's a lot of good players, though, in this draft, I think. I think you could see some players, even in the second round, that you'd be shocked if, if they're there. And maybe Chicago could grab maybe a Cassius Winston in the second round if he comes out uh, available there. So, I mean, who knows? Again, we can't really speculate too much on what Chicago is going to do just because of uh, positioning in the draft and the draft lottery that that will be taking place uh, in the upcoming future. But the coaching situation was one we brought up. Fred Hoiberg was relieved of his duties uh, in Chicago, and then the interim head coach steps in there. How do you feel that he's done, and do you feel like this is going to be his team moving forward? Uh, I think that he, I, I'm not a huge Jim Boylan fan. Uh, he had that one month in February where he had the team really humming. I mean, I have to give it to him. He had the team playing great. They were five and five, but 
from where they were previously, it was a pretty dramatic change. They were two and 13 in the previous month in January. They're getting blown out of every single game. So to get back to competency and he got that offense to the number two offense in the NBA, it's kind of incredible uh, given that they were dead last in previous months. So there were some flashes there that Jim Boylan showed, but now that we're at, uh, we're in April, the team is back to these terrible levels. They've been blown out of their last five games. They haven't even been really close in any of them. So just an ex- extremely uneven performance from Boylan. He does some things that are very, very antiquated. Uh, Bulls are, I believe they're dead last in three-point attempts under him. And he really likes post-ups. He emphasizes getting the ball in the paint. And it's just a very old school way of playing basketball that we don't really see smart teams doing anymore. So I would like to see the Bulls make a more progressive hire in this offseason. Boylan is still under contract, but he only has a million dollars guaranteed. I would like to see them uh, do a real coaching search and try to upgrade on that, in that uh, position. Yeah, and I remember when he first took over, there were some uh, there were some players that weren't exactly thrilled with Boylan's coaching strategies and what he what he did there in Chicago. So, uh, you know, it kind of seems like uh, most of the uh, the players aren't really big fans of him either. But you know, you never know what's going to happen uh, in that coaching realm. Who's going to uh, step up and take that position? But looking at the Bulls here. I, you know, we talked about them this year and how they've struggled. And I know it's hard to look back on a season that most fans are going to consider a throwaway. And But it, it's a learning. It's a learning thing for a lot of these young players. And the Bulls right now are going to get better, I think. They have, you know, Wendell Carter is a guy that I like. Uh, I didn't like him coming out of college, but then when I saw him play, I really kind of fell in love with this guy. Uh What's your thoughts on Wendell Carter for this Bulls team? Does he kind of fit in what they what they need? I know he's only 19 years old, so he's got a lot of room to grow. Well, he's another guy where I just don't feel like Boylan is using him very well. So I think that he can show a lot more than he did as a rookie. I am also extremely high on him. He was already just stepped right into the Bulls defense and was probably their best defensive player, which is extremely rare for a uh, 19-year-old, as you said, uh, the the big man position is probably the hardest one to ma- master defensively. And he, his instincts are incredible. I mean, it's some of the best that I've ever seen. So he, I think he's going to be a pretty substantial plus on that end. And then offensively, a uh, very intelligent player. He's a great passer and the bulls did not use him in that passing role very much. That's something that I'd like to see next year. Then his shooting, uh, he was a good three-point shooter at Duke. I think he shot around 40%. And then in the summer league, when he's playing under Fred Hoiberg, uh, he also shot around 40%. Jim Boylan takes over. He barely shoots from the outside at all. Teams would sag 10 or 15 feet off him. And it looked like he just wasn't being given the green light to shoot at all. So his, his game was really limited just to post-ups. Again, not his strength, not marketing strength, but for whatever reason, Jim Boylan just wanted to post these guys up like 10 times a game. And uh, I mean, he still did fine. He still had decent numbers, but yeah, I just, I think that if he gets an opportunity, he's going to show that he could be a really special player in this league. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like the coaching kind of has fit again. We'll see what they do in the off season. So I I think it all goes back to that as well. Uh, One last question here and I'll let you go. And I do appreciate you giving me so much time today and talking about the bulls, but 
you know, Robin Lopez has been a guy who's been on this Bulls team for a while, kind of that veteran presence. He His contract is up at the end of this year. Does he stick with the Bulls, or do you think the Bulls let him walk and just kind of go with a full youth movement? Well, they've said that they want to bring him back, and he has said that he would consider coming back. The problem is that, you know, his age, I think he's 32, I want to say, coming into this summer, and obviously the Bulls are not winning a championship in the next couple of years. So, you know, would he really want to spend the twilight of his career on a rebuilding team? That's the question. And then also he's played so well that he might've priced himself out of the bulls plans, but he is a extremely valuable veteran mentor. He, uh, he helped Wendell Carter a ton with his game, even though, you know, Wendell Carter is replacing this guy, but Lopez is uh, just a great teammate. Um, I know that the Warriors were scouting him pretty heavily before the trade deadline, hoping that he would get bought out. So I do think that he's going to get some interest along the league. He he can serve a, a nice role. I don't think that he is quite a, a starting caliber player for a playoff team anymore, just because his foot speed isn't really that great. And with the way that the league is trending where big men are are expected to stay out on guards. It's not something that he can really do, but he can play 20 minutes a game and give you a very, very solid 20 minutes in that span. So uh, ultimately I think that he is probably going to get priced out of the bulls plans and he's going to, he's going to be a very nice piece, whatever team gets him. I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised with uh, all the little things that he brings. Yeah. I like Robin Lopez quite a bit. Um, He's a kind of a guy who can really, Give a second unit a boost, and that's a big thing in the NBA that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, the Bulls have a nice young core. I really, I was, I was high on them this year. I really was. I thought they would do great. Uh, they kind of let me down in my predictions. They were the only team I missed. I think I got everybody else pretty much close to dead on, but the Bulls I missed. I, I, I went with them over the Nets, and the Nets proved to be the team that that was better. But you know, I like what the Bulls are doing, and I think there's a bright future for Bulls fans there. Uh, sometimes you got to fall before you can get back up again. So I think the Bulls going in with this youth movement, maybe getting a new coach soon, making moves, I think it's going to help. And I'm interested to see where they land in the draft. So I do hope for at least for Bulls fans' sake, because I was a Bulls fan back in the 90s. We all were. Um, I I hope they come back to prominence once again, because it's always good to see a team in Chicago succeed. Well, as you said, it's it's going to come down to this draft lottery. I mean, if they can get the number one pick, if they can get Zion, uh, the franchise is basically saved. And if they yeah. end up with the sixth or <laughs> yeah. seventh pick, it, it's going to be a struggle. So, ton of pressure yeah, I mean, on, kinda, on those uh, lottery balls. Yeah, the, there is. And, and you look at the Knicks, and they're hoping they can get that lottery ball to land the right way. And I don't know. It's going to be a fun draft lottery. Uh, to me, this is going to be the year, this offseason will be the year that the NBA changes. And we're going to see the landscape of the NBA after this draft. And we're going to see how different the league is going to be. Because I think this is the last year of the Warriors' domination. And the youth will now kick in after next season. So we'll see what happens. Um, we're already seeing the changing of the guard with LeBron missing the playoffs. And now, um, you know, dissension in the ranks all over the place. So we'll see what happens. This draft lottery is going to be fun. But. Steven, again, thank you so much for coming on, talking some bulls with me and talking a little hoops. And uh, why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you. And we hope to have you back on Wide Men Can't Jump soon and maybe talk some more. Maybe we can get close to draft time. But let our listeners know where they can keep up with you. 
Yeah, you can read my work at The Athletic. Um, I think it's around like four or five bucks a month. And if you sign up, you get access to hundreds of writers, all the major sports. It's a really good deal. Uh, very high quality content. I'm over at the Chicago branch, of course, covering the Bulls. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Steph No. That's S-T-E-P-H-N-O-H. I live tweet a lot of the games. So if you're not watching or if you just want to watch on a second screen and get some instant analysis, um, good follow for that. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And, and anytime. And again, uh, if, I said, if, if I said Stephen, I'm so sorry. I meant Stephen. And I, <laughs> I right. do apologize. It's I'm, I'm looking at it here and, just overlook my West Virginia dialect and idiocy. So I apologize again. It's Stefan. No, ladies and gentlemen, please follow him. And, and that athletic subscription is a great deal. Uh, Cause you know, we have Stefan here. He's been on the show. John Krasinski from Minnesota has been on the show several times talking and I, I love the athletics, so I can't recommend it enough. So thank you again for jumping on Stefan and we hope to have you back real soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. And that was my conversation with Stefan No from The Athletic in Chicago. Tim, another great land, if I do say so myself. Rough times in Chicago, though. Yeah, not exactly the best of times, but right now we are being joined by the one and only. Jeff is with us. What's up? What's going on? What's up is that? What's up is the 2020 20 and 20 last night. Yeah, Russell Westbrook having the 2020-20 game. That was a big one there for him. And, and the Thunder got a much-needed win uh, last night for them because they were starting to slip, and they needed to stay competitive to at least maybe try and grab that 7C. What's your thoughts on Westbrook, though, with that ball game? Uh, I was – I mean, that's really impressive. Um I think it was the first time it's happened in what almost well, I guess fifty years, fifty, fifty-one years, whatever it was. I guess yeah, it what, I was, a... what was hard to believe was uh, I didn't I didn't know Wilt Chamberlain. What, did he have twenty assists? <laughs> or was it twenty blocks? Uh, probably I don't not. blocks then, but uh, um, he was the, the last uh, one to do it. Last twenty 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 NBA game. Uh, well, I mean, it was Russell Westbrook. Uh, it was the fir- the last one. Let me see if I can find it. Wilt Chamberlain, who had 22 points, 25 rebounds, and 21 assists in a That's win over the Detroit Pistons in 1968. So, yeah, 50 years. Yeah, I mean, that's a insane and that's the only the second, and that's it. It's been two. Yeah, and and a lot of people like to dog Westbrook because they say, "Oh, he's a ball hog. Oh, he does this. He's an empty stat filler." I'm sorry, that man is amazing. The fact that he can, and it's not like Harden where he's just isolating and shooting shots. Not only is this guy scoring, he's on the boards. He's passing. He's getting teammates open. He does everything, and people hate on him, and I don't get it because I think he's a ridiculously talented player. He's only averaging, oh, I don't know, 23 points per game, 11 rebounds a game, and 10.5 assists a game. 
He's about to pull another tri- a back-to-back triple-double season. But yet people hate him. I don't get it. He is where's he at? Is is he anywhere to be found in the MVP conversation? Is the no, he's not. Unfortunately, and he he's need, not. He doesn't need to be this season. He doesn't because he hasn't. To me, he hasn't been the overall leader of that team this year. Paul George is averaging twenty-eight points a game with eight rebounds and four assists as well. Now you'll say, well, Westbrook's got the triple-double, but Paul George has led that team all year. And and even Paul George isn't even in my MVP conversation. To me right now, if we're talking MVPs, it's the man with 27 points per game, 12 rebounds per game to go with six assists, a steal, and a block and a half per game. That's the Greek freak because he's taken a team that has no business being at the top of the East, but yet there they are. They're the best team in the East. Beginning of the season, nobody saw this coming. But they are. They're the best team in the East. They're head of Toronto, head of Philly, head of Boston, head of Indiana. Nobody's touching Milwaukee in the East this season. They lost Brogdon, but they just keep winning. It's, yeah, and it's all because the of Giannis. Thing, right? Yeah, they're, absolutely. Okay. I think he. I think he's the MVP. I mean, I remember we talked about, discussed about the halfway point whether him or Harden would be. And I just, I just think he's kept, you know, kept it up and. And his team's the one, you know, number one team right now. Like you said, his stats are well, a lot better. So. Well, let me let me throw a new statistic at you. This is something that we learned from a guest of ours a few weeks ago. Uh, shout out to Jacob Goldstein. Uh, this dude has invented a new statistic on his own. It's called the player impact plus minus. Basically, it shows how each player impacts their team. And he broke it down on on the show, uh, I believe it was either last week or two weeks ago. Jacob said, according to Jacob's player impact plus minus, James Harden has added as a player impact plus minus 4.2. It's a plus 4.2. Giannis Antetokounmpo, plus 6.9. You go to the team average. Wins added to the team based on the player impact plus minus. Paul George is at the top of the list with 12.7, Kevin Durant 12.3, then the Greek Freak at 12.0. James Harden is down at 9.8 wins added to the Houston Rockets with his player minus plus impact. So with his win percentages and, you know, the Rockets, Harden had that streak that was nice and all, but, again, the Rockets have turned it on lately once they got Paul back, but... They weren't as impressive in the first half of the season. I mean, yeah, I mean Harden had the, the big streak, and he was the only one doing anything, and he kept him kind of relevant. But, I mean, how many times did he pass the ball? Let's well, be honest here. <laughs> and he did a lot, of, a lot of isolation, a lot of pull-ups. Uh, and I know Ed Bogus is throwing a fit right now. He loves James Harden. And, Ed, I'm sorry, I just can't. James Harden's not a guy that I can look at and go, yeah, that's he's a great player. He's averaging – Good God, he's averaging 36 points per game. That's impressive. But his assists have drastically dropped from where they were. His assists are down to 7.6 a game, and his rebounds are 6.5, and he's getting two steals a game. I mean, that really, though, that's not terrible. (laughs) No, 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 of course not. No, I'm I'm not saying it's bad, but I just think based on the teams, how they've looked, how the players have impacted the team, some statistics are pointing out, I will just. I'm sticking with the Greek freak as 
as my MVP. It's, 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 I think it's a tough one, and but I I agree with you. It's it's a really close call, close race. But and if you uh, add defense, in there, it's you. really not as close as you think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can yeah. we be honest there? Yeah. And if you add defense, you're not going to see a whole lot of uh, James Harden defensive highlights. No, I think no he's going to still get some votes, first place votes from some people, but. I'm, uh, I'm like oh, you, I, I and think. I'm not saying, he and should. I will never say that he shouldn't. I will not say that he shouldn't, because Harden's a great ball player, and I'm taking nothing away from his skill set. He just doesn't do it for me, and he's not an MVP that I can hang. Now, last year, did he deserve it? Absolutely, no question. This year, no. And it's hard to win back-to-back MVPs because, let's be honest here. There's been years where I thought LeBron probably should have been uh, MVP back-to-back that he didn't get it. That's just because the NBA and a lot of the people that watch the NBA, they don't like to see guys win back-to-back MVPs, which is why I think Harden will not win the MVP. I think uh, Jordan ran into that a little bit. Uh, I think people still thought he deserved it. A lot of people did. A lot of fans did. But Malone won it. Uh, I think it was – Maybe ninety eight, ninety seven or ninety eight, I believe it was. But, well, Kobe Bryant's only got one league MVP. Right, Steve Nash right. has Jordan two. had five. I mean, I mean Jordan's he, got five. I mean, you you can't tell me there was other better players out there. Uh, but you know, Barkley, I think one in ninety three there one year with the Suns when they had a good run there. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at the let let, let me pull this up here. Let me pull up the statistics. This is not an area I thought we would go in. But screw it, it's a live show. We can do what we want um, because we'll have plenty of time to talk next week. Uh, let me pull this up here. In NBA MVP winners by year. Let's take a look, shall we? Let's see what I can find. All right, most valuable player. He won five times. Um, Who, Jordan? Think, yeah, yeah. But I think, but I think Kareem has got the. I want to say he's got, got six. One. Like he's got one more, and I think Kareem has six. Bill Russell, Bill Russell has five. Bill Russell and after has that, five. I think you're not looking at uh, not very many after that. There's a lot of guys who just didn't, you know. I think Malone got two. LeBron's got four. And now Curry's got two. That, you're not looking LeBron at many. Got- LeBron got back-to-back MVPs in 2011, 2012, 2012, 2013. Um, Derrick Rose won with the Bulls in 2010, 2011. Remember that? Uh, the only year... A few more if he hadn't got hurt. Can you believe this right here? I'm going to say something here. This is going to shock a lot of people. Steve Nash won back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, it was shocking. Yeah, I thought he was uh, the best, I mean, productive he, player anyways. He was really, really, really I mean, good in Canadian. I mean, what more do you want? I mean, but the Steve Nash's are two MVPs, and Kobe Bryant only deserves one. Yes. Come on. Clearly. Come on. Come on. Yeah, look, look at what was going on when you have to look at what was happening in the game while that was going on. You got Jordan out of the picture. They're sort of waiting for the next. 
big thing to happen. And then LeBron rolled along, and there's a bit of a you gotta look. You have to have a look at what was going on in the NBA when he won. It just blows my mind that Steve Nash has back-to-back MVPs, and Kobe <laughs> Bryant only has one. That's absurd. It is hard to fathom. It is hard That's to absurd. fathom. That's absurd. There's no, there's no excuse for that. No, Kobe got Kobe didn't get any because of LeBron. Kobe won and, in 07. Dirk Nowitzki got one in 06. Garnett got it in 03. Duncan won back to back. You can't argue no. that Iris is I'm you not can't really argue Shaq winning. Okay, so who wins? Are going to win them? Right, right. Yeah. Take both of take, take both of Nash's away, and he still only got three. Who? Maybe you're going to get both of those, Kobe. And he probably wouldn't well, get both of them. I'm not win. saying I'm not saying that he deserves you know more than two, but Steve Nash having two, Kobe only having one. That's just come on. A little. You're nah. hating on Nash, but really, Nathan, I'm not hating on. I'm not hating on Steve Nash. Steve Nash, a great player. Great player. Let's see, let's take a look at this. Okay, let, let's dive back here. He wasn't particularly flashy, and he wasn't a scorer, but he did everything else. I mean, he was the assist leader. Oh, uh, again. You know I'm what more do you want? That. He doesn't Again. really fit the mold, I suppose. Uh, I believe they were the number player. one seed, too, there a couple of years. They were. The that was, of course, that was back when that was a big deal. Uh, winning, w- getting the number one seed was a big, big deal back then. That was a, a huge a huge thing. If you were the number one seed in the West, then you more than likely got the nod. Um I just, man, it's just so hard for me to look at those those years of Steve Nash. Let's compare these years here. And, and again, I like Steve Nash. I'm not knocking him at all. I just think it's a little bit ludicrous that he has two MVPs and Kobe only has one. All right, here's Nash's numbers from his MVP seasons, okay? This is 4 15 points per game with 11 and a half assists. Okay, I buy that. I mean, those are good numbers, very good numbers. Good free throw shooter, uh, made 55% of his shots. And then the next year, he goes out, and he 18 points per game with 10.5 assists per game. Good numbers. No knocking that, okay? Not knocking that at all. Let's look at Kobe Bryant's numbers from those years, shall we? Just, just humor. All right, 0405. Kobe Bryant, 27 points per game to go with six assists per game, and how about six rebounds per game? Okay, then 0506. Steve Nash won the MVP this year as well. Kobe Bryant, how did he do that season? Oh, he only averaged 35 points per game to go with five, 4.5 assists per game, and he also shot from the field. Uh, 48% from the field, if I'm not mistaken on that, those, that year. Well, no, no, take that back, 45% from the field, whereas the year before he shot 43% from the field. Come on, guys. I'll give you Steve Nash at, I'll give you Steve Nash in 04-05. But 05-06, Kobe's got to be the MVP. He's averaging 35 points per game, for God's sake. I mean, and this is, and, and Nash is averaging... Up. 
Harden. You're putting an awful lot of, of emphasis just on how many points. By that theory, Harden should be your MVP every year. No, he shouldn't. And, you're willing, and yet you're willing to toss him under the bus because all he does is get points and doesn't do anything else. Come on, guys. Work with me here. <laughs> yeah, it's, not like Steve Nash. it's not like no. Steve Nash was Steve Nash averaged 18 points per game. Okay? That's a nice number. He had 10 assists to go with that. Good numbers. Good numbers. You're looking at Kobe Bryant, who's averaging 35 and 6 to go with 45% shooting or 45% shooting from the field. And you're trying to tell me that that guy doesn't deserve to win MVP that year? Are you kidding me? So I have to go and look really? up some numbers from other guys from the from those seasons who had better numbers than Kobe, and then we can start that argument. If you want to, well, I imagine there probably was. I think Kobe actually won the scoring title that year. Again, Harden is averaging this season. Harden is averaging 36 points per game. That's nice. Seven assists per game, you know, that's better than what Kobe's got. But he's not shooting as effectively well, as Kobe was. In his second, when he won it the second time, the year leaders, Kobe won the, had most points per game. Nash had most assists and had the best uh, free throw, throw percentage. He won the of the league. And nobody else won in more than one category. So who are you giving it to? I'm still going Kobe. Yeah, because you don't like Steve Nash. Yeah. I don't like Steve Nash. You're a hater of Canadians, like... my friend. Time to I'm admit not it. a hater. Hold, hold on here. Hold on. This is 05 uh, you know, uh, right. and do, do something else. See what the record was that year. That's what I'm looking. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I'm not sure how the, well they did in the. I, I'm I guarantee the Suns were probably the one seed. Although I the Spurs, that, I believe. I'm pretty sure they were. Was that the year the Lakers had uh, Smush Parker? And all those guys. Yeah, it's yeah, possible. it was actually. That was a year the year that Kobe uh, had to pick up Black and Kwame Brown, Bush Parker. Come on, man! You did. If you can, if you can drag, and the Lakers were seventh, and Phoenix beat the Suns in the first, or beat the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. So suck it. Yeah. Hey, Phoenix is a better the team. That they were three to one or two of them. Yeah. You just saw that ragtag bunch that Kobe Bryant took to the NBA playoffs that year. You trying to you want to talk about oh. LeBron being a white man show? Right. Kobe Bryant's like oh. 07. I'll put that up against mm-hmm. any team LeBron ever took to the playoffs. That team was awful. Would you like some more camembert, Mister Bush? I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Again, that Suns team should have won the NBA Finals. They never did. They no, had Amari really. Stoudemire. They had Rajah Bell. They had Steve Nash. They were a great team. Mike D'Antoni coached them. But they couldn't win a finals. That Kobe Bryant team had no business being in the playoffs that year. But yet they were because Kobe Bryant was an MVP. <laughs> oh, please. You running for office or something? <laughs> I'm just running it out there. Me and you run to the West Virginia Senate or what? No, I'm, I'm throwing it as, as, what, as the truth. Ah, you can take those numbers and spin them whichever way you want them. We have you can have this That's debate every every year over every guy who's ever been selected. There'll be somebody else who tells you, "Oh, he was pretty good," but this other guy should have won. 
It's like the well, ghost. There's no, there's no way of, you know, if you, if your mind's made up, it's made up, right? You're probably not going to get convinced one way or the other. Yeah, again, and this is all discussion. I mean, it, it is what it is. You're not going to change anybody's mind. I'm, I'm going to say something most people don't want to say, but, but back then, Steve Nash got a love, a lot of love because he was a little white guy. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. He's not the guy, when you look at Steve Nash, you don't think, oh, you know, here's a great big, you know, six-foot-six, power-forward kind of looking kind of guy. He doesn't fit that bill at all. Again, no argument. I like Steve Nash, and I think the the four oh five season, he deserved to be MVP. He really did. I will not argue that. I just think Kobe's numbers no. coupled with the team that he had Versus Steve Nash. Now, if Steve Nash had averaged 25 points a game with 11 and a half assists, I agree wholeheartedly Steve Nash should have been MVP. Can you go back and look at the the vote, how the vote went that year? Like the points? It, it may have been close. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't know. Uh, the NBA let, us, let Nash have two MVPs, and we gave you Justin Bieber a decade later. So, come on. All fair. I don't think that's fair at all. I think I think you owe us one. I think we owe you more than one. Beaver. <laughs> you gave us Nickelback too, you pricks. Oh, uh, there's nothing wrong with Nickelback. Give up on that nonsense. You yes, there is. Right up there with your rap. All right, hold on. Let me let me find the voting here. Let me find let me find the voting here. The O six. Oh, excuse me here. Let me find it. The O five O six voting. Kobe Bryant came in fourth in the voting. How, or no, excuse me, came in second. Came in second in the voting. Behind Steve Nash. Steve Nash got 57 first place votes. Kobe got 22. LeBron James got 16. Dirk Nowinski got 14. Chauncey Billups got 15. So the first year, Nash barely won. He only won by 30 points over Shaquille. Yeah. It was really close. So. And Kobe Bryant, what did he not? Was he not in the league that year? Uh, he was in the league, but he didn't. He didn't perform up to oh. snuff that year. Yeah, he only played like six, he only played like sixty games the year before. Well, maybe that's part of the reason he didn't get it because he didn't really have any previous uh, body of work. Well, actually, according to this, actually, Kobe came in fourth in the voting, but he got 22 first-place votes. Nash got 924 points. LeBron got 688. Dirk got 544. Kobe got 483. Absurd. Everybody everybody should go somewhere. This is this is absurd, this voting. Yeah, this is well, insane. Well, I'm Stephen P. New. Get an inquiry going. Okay. Right. I will give I will give Nash this. I will give Nash this. That year, Nash did shoot a pretty ridiculous percentage from the floor. He did. He shot. He shot fifty-one percent. In all honesty, that is impressive for his size. You're going to compare them. Yeah, Kobe's probably a much more dynamic player than Steve Nash, but I would say Steve Nash got just about everything he got from really, really, really hard work. Because he's not the most talented guy on the, not like Kobe or LeBron or these guys that 
can damn near do it in their sleep. So he might have got a lot of love just because he worked really, really hard. I don't, I don't yeah. know what was. I like I don't Steve really Nash. I'm not, I'm not knocking Steve Nash at all. I'm, I'm a oh. fan of Steve Nash. I'm gonna come through that phone line and kick your West Virginian butt. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks for starting this debate, Jeff. I don't, I don't think I won't do it. <laughs> the instigator. <laughs> we let Jeff on the uh, phone, and then this breaks out. Just, it's the ghost <laughs> thing. Where, like I said, you could that we could find fifty people who would tell you that uh, Kobe shouldn't have won it either, and that it should have been somebody true. else, whoever third. True. So, Actually, you know what? Since Jeff is here, Tim, let's go ahead and dive into our fate. One of our favorite. Um, Segments on the show. What say you? Hey Jeff, what give it, us man? a year. Give us a year. Pick a year between 1985 and present. Okay. Uh, it's, not well, uh, it's not a trick. It's not uh, a trick. It's not a trick. one. <laughs> okay. Uh, 1992. 1992. Okay. Tim, I want you to give me a number. Uh, let's go with fourteenth. Uh, All right, the nineteen ninety two NBA draft. Let's take a look at it here. Tim picks the number fourteen. All right, this was a com- a very good draft, by the way. In case uh, anybody was wondering, <clears throat> the ninety two NBA draft at number one was Shaq. Number two was Alonzo Mourning. Number three was Tim's favorite player, Christian Leitner. <laughs> Robert Ory ended up going 11th, but uh, there, Doug Christie was in this draft. Our good friend, Tracy Murray, who's been on the show, went in this draft at 18. Latrell Sprewell was taken in this draft as well. So a lot of, a lot of good players in this draft. If you don't mind me saying, P.J. Brown was in this draft. Uh, apparently, Captain America Steve Rogers was in this draft. I didn't know that. Uh, but, uh, anyway, number 14 was the number picked. That pick belonged to the Indiana Pacers that year, and they took a senior coming out of St. John's by the name of Malik Sally that some of you may remember. Um, this, is, this is an interesting one here. Malik Sally... Uh, was drafted to the Pacers. He played for the Clippers, the Pistons, and the Wolves. Um, this has got a sad ending to it. Um, we'll we'll get there in a minute. Um, over his career, Malik Sally averaged 10.1 points per game with 23.8 minutes. Uh, as a rookie, he actually lost his playbook, which got turned over to WFAN radio personality Don Imus, whom Sally contracted on the air in an attempt to have his playbook returned. Oh, man. His final season's highlights included a shot, making a game-winning reverse putback shot at the buzzer to beat the Magic, which gave the Timberwolves a 107-105 win. He also made three, also made a game-winning three-pointer off the glass uh, for the Wolves to beat the Pacers in 2000. Uh, if it, has anybody seen the movie Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg? Mm. Well, in, in the movie, Sally uh, played Stacy Patton, a selfish basketball player uh, who got benched. But he was a uh, he was an actor. He, he started in that film. 
But here's the sad part. Um, Sally was killed in St. Louis Park, Minnesota on May 20, 2000. He was driving home from a birthday celebration for his best friend and teammate, Kevin Garnett, in downtown Minneapolis when his SUV was struck by a pickup truck traveling the wrong way down the highway. The truck was driven by a 43-year-old who survived the accident with head and chest injuries. Neither driver was wearing a seatbelt. Um, Sally's SUV did not have an airbag. And the driver who hit him was uh, had a .19% alcohol, uh, blood alcohol content, which was illegal in the state of Minnesota. And he pled guilty to vehicular manslaughter and did a four-year prison sentence and was released in 2003. And Sally passed away. And they, the Wolves retired his number two jersey. And um, on the inside of his tongue of his shoes, Garnett wrote two Malik uh, inside of his Adidas Garnett three shoes. And they buried Sally in Ferncliff Cemetery. And so, yeah. And uh, apparently when he was traded from the Celtics to the Nets, Garnett changed his uniform number to number two, uh, and that was to honor Malik Sally, who was number two. And when he came back to Minnesota in 2015, Garnett wore number two on his left uh, sweatband on his forearm. And that was Garnett's best friend, Malik Sally. Uh, gone way too soon, if uh, we remember that. So we get, we picked a winner this week. <laughs> You know what else bit. is really? What else is down on that draft? They missed probably one of the greatest. What could have been one of the greatest players of all time was not drafted that year. Eric Spolstra. Oh, yeah? Eric Spolstra. Yeah. Well, he was Spolstra turned eligible. into turned into a good coach. Eligible. He was draft eligible, but did not. But did play at least one game in the NBA. Apparently. Yeah, he. Uh, Yes, Bolster had turned into a great coach as the years went by. But uh, yeah, so Malik Sally, that's a that's a downer. That's a that's a definite first, downer. But first one we've come across, which is kind of in some ways, I suppose eventually we have we had to hit one of those. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember when when he was in Minnesota. He was the uh, time I started watching. Uh, you know, uh, R.I.P. Malik, man. That's a, that's a downer. But I'll tell you what's not a downer. Jeff being on the show, always happy to hear from him. What are you doing up so late, Jeff? Well, I just thought I'd give you guys a call. I wanted to talk about the. I was on the call earlier. I got caught up doing a few things, but uh, just wanted to bring up the 2020-20. I thought that was pretty impressive. Only two people's done it. so. You know, we, we had actually forgot to talk about it, so I'm glad you did. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to mention it, so I'm glad you brought it up. That was a good save on your part. Steve Nash. God bless. <laughs> Got him confused with, with Pluto Nash. That's great. Eddie Murphy uh, Nathan, did, you know, did you all know they made a uh, – what's the uh, song, uh, Promiscuous Girl or whatever? Uh, they actually bring up Steve Nash in that song. Have you ever heard – I know you've heard it. It was pretty popular, like 10 – yeah, I've heard. Or whatever. Yeah, but he's brought up in it. Like yeah, popular ten years ago when he when he won the MVP. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they you know they brought it up. He's in that, so you can go listen to it tonight before you go to bed. <laughs> I might do that. 
might actually do that, Jeff, you asshole. But <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I do like Steve Nash. I have no issue with Steve Nash. But um, quick update here from the Eastern Conference. The Detroit Pistons are the sit, are right now sitting at six. Brooklyn sits at seven. Orlando at eight. Miami with the loss tonight. Miami sits at nine. They are only a half game back from Orlando and Brooklyn and a full game back from Detroit. Never did hear from our boy Alf down in uh, Miami. Hope to get back with him, maybe have him on in the future here. So I apologize for that. But we got Jeff instead, so we got a fair trade-off. Also, the Minnesota Timberwolves win tonight, which moves them back into 10th place in the West, and they can't even tank right, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> I'm going to say that our, our poor Al, he probably went right from the game right to the uh, hotel bar. Yeah, so, and I don't blame yeah, I can't say it. I blame him. But that has been this edition of Wide Men Can't Jump, and we're a little overtime right now, but we do thank you guys so much for tuning in again and following the show, listening in. Jeff, thank you for calling. It was good to hear from you. No problem. And we hope we got the, the last podcast of the regular season next week before the playoffs start, and we'll be addressing that. We'll also be talking – if Tom Robinson is unavailable on Wednesday of next week, I will fill in and do my 76ers rant. Okay. Sounds good. We'll see if we can't get Tom next week. We've been in contact with Tom more often lately. We hope to record something of him very, very soon. So nobody can. Right. Tom should be back on. I will also add that that lyric from Promiscuous Girl by another great Canadian, Nelly Furtado. There you go. Is, hey, is that the truth or are you talking trash? Is your game MVP like Steve Nash? Ooh. Here we go. Well, that's been this edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. And we want to thank all of our we want to thank our great sponsors at CanBay.com, and we want to thank the law offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com. And, hey, if you're looking for Diana, go to CanBay.com. You can't miss There's her. There's Diana looking like some kind of hoover. You're just beating that. Yeah. Yes, I am, because I love it. <laughs> Everybody, thanks for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find podcasts and make sure you tune in next week. Keep a lookout on widemancanjump.com. We could have, we should have our women's t-shirts up by the end of the week. I've been a little slow getting to that and I apologize, but we do hope to have that up soon. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thanks again to Stefan No for jumping on, talking a little bit with us and Tim, thank you for joining me as well. Jeff, again, thanks for calling. Hope to have you back. Real soon. Jeff, <laughs> I hate, I hate all of you. <laughs> and on that note hey, Tim send us home I just did Steve Nash for president MVP 2020 be there Maple Syrup Rocks Peace I ain't even gotta say it That's just something they know Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network Located at blogtalkradio.com And at widemencantjump.com Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com And also be sure 
to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at WidemanCanShum.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts. They're available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and by Cambay.com. Be sure to visit Cambay.com and use promo code WIDEMAN to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Men Radio Network.